T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here on this Wednesday evening. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews producing the show. This is your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So Charles London, after coaching in the Senior Bowl, is now leaving for the Tennessee Titans. So he's going to be their quarterback's coach and he's their passing coordinator. Right? Now that's... You know, it's funny. That's the title that Joe Brady had when he worked with uh, Joe Burrow at LSU, right? I mean, he was the passing game coordinator. He won the OC or anything, but he was the passing game coordinator. So Charles London leaving, that's a little bit of a surprise as, um, you know, some people wondered about, you know, working with Desmond Ritter and things like that. But he's going to go to the Titans, and I guess it's an upgrade. I mean, he's still the quarterback's coach, but does passing game coordinator when they're a run heavy with Derrick Henry? Okay, anyway. so uh, Now, the Falcons did add one guy to their staff, Dave Huxtable, who came over from Alabama. He was an analyst for Alabama. He's now a uh, assistant uh, on the defensive side of football. If you remember way back in time, he coached at Georgia Tech. In fact, he was the D.C. for, what, a year or two at Georgia Tech? He was a linebacker's coach at Georgia Tech. This would have been early, early mid-'90s. He was a linebacker's coach at Georgia Tech. And then later on at Georgia Tech, and looking right here, 96-97, he was the D.C. and linebacker's coach. And then he moved on to East Carolina, Oklahoma State, North Carolina. He's been around a whole lot. Been around a whole lot. But he hasn't been, um, he hasn't been in the NFL. So again, I, he's he's going to be some kind of analyst, I guess is what it is. He's going to be on on the staff. So, but obviously he's, you know, he's coached some pretty good players. I mean, if you're coaching defense at Alabama, then you know you've done some good things and you've been exposed to high caliber prospects and players. So. He, uh, he's got a funny kind of look to him. He 
he he looks like he looks like Ken Stabler on meth. Let's just say that. That's what he looks like. If if when if Ken Stabler back in like 1978 had partied a little too hard, Dave Huxtable looks like that. John, that is not a compliment to anybody. Said it looks like anybody on meth. Oh. Well, I mean, it's you know, not flattering. Well, I mean, look at Ken Stabler in about 1978 after a three-day bender. So that's about what he looks like. So, oh my god! But hopefully, you know, he can, you know, hopefully he can coach some defense. I mean, yeah, again, it doesn't matter what he looks like as long as he can coach. Kid. Yeah, uh, as long as he can coach defense. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at a picture of him, I mean, that's that's what it looks like out there. So, all right, uh, Pro Football Focus has a story about. Uh, 2023 NFL Draft, four mistakes teams should avoid in the first round, okay? So, they have they don't have all of the teams. Like, they have the Bears trading down too far. They have the Eagles taking B. John Robinson at number 10. They have the Giants, Ravens, and Chargers forcing a wide receiver in round one. But they do have a write-up on the Atlanta Falcons, and this is the mistake that they say that they should not make. Atlanta Falcons, don't force defensive line at number eight. Here's their write-up. Falcons have a handful of needs on the defensive side of the ball. After recording just 21 total sacks as a team in 2022, their most glaring, the most glaring one feels like it's defensive line. Luckily for them, they have a, uh, they have a top 10 pick in the 2023 draft, but unlucky for them, the edge rushers and interior defensive line who are projected to be available, they feel risky. In some years, the number eight pick can yield a great defensive line prospect. That's not to say that can't happen this year, but it's a good bet that Jalen Carter, Will Anderson are off the board. The advice here is to not force it. Investment in the trenches are good places, uh, bets to place, as they involve some premium positions like OT and pass rushers, but those are bets where uh, betting in the trenches is fine, But force picks in the trenches or force picks at any position can get you in trouble. The free agency agency pass rush class is decently strong this year. Well, not at edge, but, um, I mean, unless you think Marcus Davenport's, you know, some kind of answer. It feels better value for the defensive improvement for the Falcons to shore up the defensive line of free agency, allowing them to take the right player at number eight. Play that again. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's written by somebody who's not a Falcons fan or understands a thing about the Falcons. Okay? Didn't we just do something on the the show Friday of last week? And how many of the active pass rushers come from the first round? We did. We did a whole segment. Oh, okay. And and how what's the percentage of, of pass rushers that the active sack leaders that came from the first round in the in the top 10. It was like 80 some percent. It was like what 17 to 23? 70%. 70%. Okay. How about the top 20? Uh, it was like what 80% or 100%. 100%. Nope. No, 70%. Oh no. 70%. Okay. How about the top 25? 70%. 70%. Okay. Okay. Again, when you're desperate, dreadfully, woefully incompetent. And by the way, top of the next hour I'm going to tell you why sacks matter. Again, I've done the research. I've got the numbers. I give you all the stats and information to back up what I say. I'll give it to you at 9 o'clock. But 
whether you go outside, inside, you've got to have high-caliber defensive end talent. Again, if a guy is slated to go 23 or 24 in the first round, you still take him at eight. Great players are great players in the NFL. There's a difference between guys who go top of the draft, first round and all that. Again, 70% of the active pass rushers in the NFL in the top 10 are first rounders. 70% of the top 20, first rounders. 70% of the top 25, first rounders. You've got to get high caliber talent in the first round. That's how you build your roster. It's cute to say best available player when that doesn't fix what woefully ails you. When that doesn't fix a single solitary thing about your roster and why you are woefully and stuck in the mud and can't get out of first gear. It's cute to say those things. So I said, I, I would, look, Keon White may not be a top eight pick, but if it's cornerback, wide receiver, tight end, or Keon White, I'd go Keon White. Even if he doesn't project at eight or whatever, maybe he's 23. Better to have him than tight end, cornerback, wide receiver, safety, off-ball linebacker, running back. It's better to have him than any other position. Now, speaking of recruiting defensive linemen, Cordero Patterson put out a tweet yesterday saying, Deron Payne, exclamation point, exclamation point. Come on over to the A with Grady. And then he had three fire symbols behind it. Brother, I'm all for it. I want Deron Payne, Javon Hargrave. I want one of those guys. Yeah, they're not on the edge. But what did we? What have we talked about for years on this show? Next to the dodo bird, one of the rarest commodities in the NFL is interior defensive linemen who are double-digit sack guys. It's the dodo, it's the bald American eagle, and then it's interior defensive linemen who sack the quarterback. Double, you know, double-digit sacks in a season. That's the three rarest animals on the planet. I just love how Cordero Patterson has literally been recruiting everybody. Yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah. Well, make, just well, go ahead and make him the GM, assistant GM well, to Terry. Again, they have $100 million to spend. Oh, oh, they they, they don't. That's what Freaky said. That's, um, okay, Freaky. Freaky had it just, he had it. John people. Freaky? Yeah, him. He had it that close, that close. The John people. Freaky? Him. All right, when we get back, we will talk to Lauren Williams. She is the Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Her thoughts about where we're headed toward the trade deadline and some of the struggles of this Hawks team. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. T. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show live on this Wednesday evening with you as we keep, you know, pedal to the metal. We're trade deadline a day away. We'll see what the Atlanta Hawks do. Certainly coming off their road trip where they were two and three and now going to be back home on Thursday to face the Phoenix Suns. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. She covers all things Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of her work. Lauren Williams joins us here on the waitfor.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. She is on Twitter at Williams Lauren L. And Lauren, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for being a part of the show this evening. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat all things Hawks with you. So, you know, if you told me before the start of this five-game road trip that the Hawks would be two and three, I said that that's mm-hmm. right where they would be. That when, you, when you're playing Denver and Utah and Phoenix and all that and – Certainly, we could talk about the game last night, but I think that, as crazy as it kind of sounds, two and three was successful, that they did some good things on this road trip. They got through it more than anything. How do you view the five-game road trip against the Western Conference teams that are the non-California teams? For sure. I mean, Denver was always going to be a tough matchup for the Hawks. As you just mentioned, we knew that going into it, but... To see them, you know, dismantle Phoenix the way that they did and then hit Utah the way that they did, a team that beat them earlier in the season um, by hitting a ton of threes, uh, I I did not expect them to, to perform as well as they did against those two teams. And then to kind of finish the road trip the way that they did, I after the way that they performed against, as I mentioned, Phoenix and Utah, I expected a little bit more out of them, but it's par for the course. It's the end of the road trip. Um, they fought as hard as they could, getting it to six toward the end of that that fourth quarter there. But 
I think the mental fatigue of this trip and just being tired and traveling and the fact that Nate McMillan played the majority of the starters against that Nuggets team, you know, it, it makes sense that they, they played the way that they did against the Pelicans on Tuesday night. But, you know, for a team that's really trying to make the push into the playoffs, yes, two and three was kind of to be expected, if that makes sense. But you were, you were obviously anticipating or hoping that they would have at least tried to get three and two, um, especially against the Zion-less uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Lauren Williams, joining us on the wadeford.com hotline. So let's project ahead. It's going to be a day from now, mm-hmm. the trade deadline. Separate, you know, we, we hear, as we say in the wrestling world, we hear a lot of rumor and innuendo that's going yeah. around about whether Collins is going to get moved, whether Bogey's going to get moved, or all these different pieces. What mm-hmm. do you think is sort of fact from fiction about what the Hawks realistically do? Not just we're hearing about John Collins and the rumors, mm-hmm. but what do you think that they realistically get done at the deadline? Realistically, I see them, you know, standing pat. I've been going over it myself, trying to figure out who it is that they move, who it makes sense for them to move. Um, and it's just really hard to project or see a path forward with them being able to pull off some kind of deal that is absolutely beneficial to them and them, you know, having a really good run the rest of the season. I mean, theoretically, if they give up bogey and, you know, maybe they bring in some some picks to recoup something from uh, the DeJounte Murray trade from over the offseason or they bring in a comparable player, it's really hard to see them, you know, having a successful season that they anticipate or want to have. Um, and then it's kind of the same for Collins. If they do move on from him, um, maybe bring in a comparable player. Uh, it's Again, you're throwing in a new piece into a team that has so much trouble bringing or, or, or having chemistry for the majority of the season. I think one of the reasons that they struggled so early on, and Nate McMillan said it himself, they weren't playing connected basketball. So if the Hawks do end up making some kind of deal, you're going to have to have that adjustment period again. And for a team that's one game below 500, I don't know, uh, you know, if they can figure it out because they've shown that they've taken a little bit of time to figure things out. Realistically, I think the person that they might move is Bogey just because he's the most favorable to, of, the, of the assets that they do have in terms of contract, in terms of what he can offer a team that's a little bit higher up in the standings in either conference. Um, with his shooting, uh, the fact that, you know, next season he has a player option, and should he decline that, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So a team that's, you know, looking to have a short-term rental player, you know, he's the most ideal versus, say, a guy like John Collins, who, you know, has at least two or three more years left on that extension that he signed. And, and Lauren, for what it's worth, I agree with you that I, I really do mm-hmm. think that for all the stuff we've heard, that the Hawks at the end of the day stay pat. Now, let me mm-hmm. ask you this. Is part of that, in honesty, is part of that the idea that Tony Ressler in this team, who are $1.9 million away from the luxury tax, don't want to get bold uh, for this season, don't want to get into 
the luxury tax? Because once you get into that, and, and they're going to be in the luxury tax next year because of the accumulation mm-hmm. of their contracts. But once you start to get into that well, you better be a good franchise and you better be a competitive mm-hmm. franchise that, that is on the cusp of really winning. How much could the luxury tax play into what the Hawks do with the deadline? I, I honestly think that might be what it what happens. I mean, if they are able to make a deal, um, the only benefit I see that that really benefits them in the immediate future is that next season they don't they're able to to avoid the luxury tax. I mean, we see them move Kevin Herter this off season for two you know veterans on more friendly contracts um, just so that they could avoid the luxury tax once they brought Dejounte Murray in. So I think if they are able to make a deal, as you mentioned just now, staying under the luxury tax is probably their primary motivator. And, um, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I mean, yes, you know, maybe if he rolls the dice, he could get a a better contract with a different team next season if he decides to opt out of the play, his player option, if if the Hawks don't move him at the deadline. But, I mean, it's hard to see him not opting in just because of, you know, he lost most of the season due to the rehab and recovery from that off-season surgery that he had. So, you know, it it benefits the Hawks if, if they are able to move a guy like Bogey um, or even John. You know, they're not going to get the value that they have of John if they are able to move him because a lot of teams, one of the things that's holding them back from taking John Collins on is that massive contract that he has. So. I think, honestly, it's not uh, we're trying to get better right now this season as as it is a financial decision that's driving um, whatever deal they do decide to accept. Lauren Williams, Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining us on the waitforward.com hotline. Let's talk about John Collins for a minute. You know, this mm-hmm. has been his lowest points per game total since his rookie mm-hmm. year. And, you know, it's a, you know, when you start talking about a guy who's three or four points off, you know, his career average, I mean, that that's that's quite a few points. I mean, you know, over the yeah. course of 82 games. I know he's not shooting as well. His, his field goal percentage mm-hmm. has been down four consecutive years. His three-point mm-hmm. field goal percentage has been down four consecutive years. But his shot his shot totals are also down, although his three point shot is staying the same. What do you mm-hmm. owe to just the difficulty that they have getting John Collins involved in this offense? And you know, we heard so much about well, it's going to be Trey and Dejounte, and they're going to facilitate, and they're going to get mm-hmm. you know, Collins should benefit. But what is it that he's not having the offensive season that we expected out of him? Yeah, I think one of the big things is is he's a very much a rhythm guy. And I think one of the things that we're seeing this season is that even though a guy like Trey Young's assist numbers are on average for what he's done in his career, we've seen so many games this season where the ball just gets stuck and it's not moving. And, you know, it's either, you know, Trey Young or DeJounte Murray or DeAndre Hunter or, you know, somebody's deciding that they're going to try and put the game on their back. And so what happens is that leaves some of the other guys that are on the court kind of 
trying to find their touches. And when they do get their touches, it leads to a little bit of, you know, some selfish basketball. And I think part of the reason that we saw such really good basketball in that five-game win streak a, a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago was because they did such a good job of putting pressures on, on defenses and making sure that the ball was moving. John Collins was getting involved early, and, and then they were able to find as many options as possible throughout the game because somebody was getting hot each quarter or, or whatever the segment of the game was. And now what we're seeing is they're kind of reverting back to that habit that they had in that first half of the season where things kind of start to tighten up, other teams' defenses figure out the game plan, and, and somebody decides that they're going to try and put the game on their back and, and play a little bit of hero ball. And I think, you know, John Collins is kind of a guy that, you know, he, he needs to get into a rhythm. If he's not getting his touches as consistently throughout the game as you know, we know he's capable of in the past, um, you know, he starts to panic and, and maybe starts taking shots that he shouldn't. And, and we've seen actually, he's been a little bit more turnover prone this season as well. Not so much as his uh, sophomore season, but, you know, he's been averaging turnovers that really as a veteran, you shouldn't, shouldn't really be seeing. So I think that's part of it. And once he gets into that habit of turning over the ball um you know people aren't looking for him as much and so then he falls out of the rhythm and it's a it's a weird cycle um and and I hope that they're able to figure it out and they can get everybody involved um they can find the rhythm basketball that was so successful for them against Utah against Phoenix during that five game win streak but uh until then I I couldn't tell you uh you know what what the issue is. Lauren, last question uh, for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, A.J. Griffin's minutes have been pretty consistent. You know, we've seen little spikes and things like that when they've had mm-hmm. injuries. But by and large, his minutes have been pretty consistent. You know, especially yeah. if they trade bogey, you're going to be really lacking mm-hmm. some scoring punch off your bench. And certainly the grind of an 82-game schedule and, and things, you know, fatigue starts to set in and obviously – the yeah. best team has certainly dealt with injuries, and they certainly don't want to deal with more injuries as the season progresses. Do you think that A.J. Griffin is a guy who could see his minutes increase, that, that he could start to – he's a young guy, obviously a rookie. Is he a guy that maybe is a candidate to see an increase in playing time for this team? Absolutely. I mean, when Bogey was injured for those first 24 games of the season and AJ cracked into the rotation, we saw him playing, you know, 35 minutes, 30 minutes a night. Um, So if Bogey is someone that is traded away come, you know, the deadline tomorrow, I think that they have to turn to AJ because he's probably one of their most consistent shooters, not necessarily as of late, but maybe once his minutes start to increase, he starts to get into a little bit of a rhythm and and we see him, you know, knocking those shots down as we did at the beginning of the season. And I mean, one thing is he's a rookie, right? He's going to go through the rookie wall, the growing pains. He's, he hasn't even played all 30 and, or sorry, all other 29 NBA teams yet. And so he's still kind of learning on the fly, but I do see him as somebody as well as maybe even, you know, Jalen Johnson seeing a little bit of an uptick in minutes if if they decide to move on from bogey come tomorrow. 
Lauren Williams, she is the Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of her work, and you can follow her on Twitter at WilliamsLaurenL. Lauren, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for a few minutes here this evening, and we'll be chatting again here soon. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You got it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's going to rock. Make some noise. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMSH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews on our Twitter page. Get to What's Bugging Chuck right here coming up in just a uh, few minutes. Uh, also, too, top of the hour, why sacks matter. I got the numbers. I got the stats. I got the facts. We, you know, certainly always give you the data that's most accurate. Uh, the Lakers have made a deal. So the Lakers have acquired D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, the Utah Jazz who are involved in the deal, will send Mike Conley and picks to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then Utah receives in return Russell Westbrook and a lightly protected 2027 first-round pick from the uh, for for the uh, uh, Jazz uh, for LA's first-round pick. So I think I saw that it's a one through four. Protected pick is all that it is. So Russell Westbrook is headed to the Utah Jazz. Okay. I also saw, too, that if this deal did go down, Utah was probably just going to buy him out. Yeah, I would I would guess that they don't want him around. Nah. Yeah, they, there's no reason to have Russell Westbrook around for even 25, 30 games, right? I mean – no reason why. So good pickups though for the Lakers. Yeah, uh, Russell was there before, right? D'Angelo Russell was was he was drafted by them. Yeah, like number two overall, I think. Was was he the guy that got in trouble for filming in the locker room? Yes, he's the one that got Swaggy P in trouble when Swaggy P, uh, Nick, I forgot his last name, Nick Young, he was the one that was filming. And got Swaggy P in trouble when he was dating Iggy Azalea. Yeah, the pop star Iggy Azalea. Yeah, now on swaggy, OnlyFans. <laughs> swaggy, swaggy T and Swaggy P. Sw- swaggy T and Jiggy <laughs> Jiggy Azalea were. Yes, they were dating, and yes. D'Angelo Russell was filming them. Or, yeah, or he made a comment. Uh, he, he, he 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 either made a comment or he got on a recording, or he got a recording saying Nick Young, or where Nick Young was saying Swaggy P was saying how you know. He's done other things oh, that yeah. he shouldn't like have been he doing. On. Like yeah, he cheated, he cheated on, on it. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So he was. So him and him and Swaggy T were were talking, and they were kibitzing. Yep. And then Nick Young filmed it. Um, no, D'Angelo Russell. Filmed or D'Angelo it, yeah. Russell filmed. It. Okay. Right. All right. So yeah, I'm all confused. But I, I I knew that he had done something wrong with the Lakers in his previous stint there yeah. with him. That's why he got shipped out mm-hmm. pretty pretty close right after all of that kind of went down and everything. So 
Okay. Well, I mean, you know, hopefully Swaggy C isn't dating, you know, uh, Figgy Azalea and all that good stuff anymore. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens with all all of that kind of stuff. But they uh, there there's there there's one of your big trades, I guess, because Westbrook is now officially off of the Lakers and. Um, uh, that will be interesting that, you know, obviously they'll probably, like I said, uh, or like Dylan said, they'll buy him out and just not have him around for anything. So um, we are going to be on after the Hawks coming up tomorrow night. So Hawks uh, obviously are taking on the Phoenix Suns back home after the five-game road trip. Um, look, they survived, and they finished two and three, and probably could have been three and two, probably should have gotten a little bit greedier, you know, it was what it was. I'll take the two and three. And now you come home and you got to protect some home court, right? Got to protect home court. You got you got the uh, the Suns. You got the Spurs on Saturday. Then you're going to go to Charlotte uh, on Monday. They're obviously not a very good team, although they've beaten you twice. But you know, then you start to get into the Knicks and the Cavs and some of these teams, Brooklyn. You know, so. Schedule's going to ramp up here as you get later into this month, but you got to take advantage. And Hawks have certainly not done a good job of that. Hawks Hawks have really not cashed in and capitalized on uh, their opportunities. If you missed our conversation from earlier about the Atlanta Hawks, we'll get back into it and we'll take your phone calls at 404-741-0929. First, though, before we get into anything else, let's get to What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It was Roger Goodell's annual State of the NFL speech that he always gives during the week of Super Bowl. And one of the things that he was asked about was NFL officiating. Roger Goodell, in his answer, here's what he had to say. I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. Excuse me? Baking powder? I don't think it's ever been better in the league. Now, let me ask you. Did he say that with a really long nose that was protruding outward and kept growing as he said the words? Let me hear that clip one more time. I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. How long is that clip? About nine seconds? Five seconds. Five seconds? So his nose probably grew three and a half feet in that amount of time? Now look, okay, he's the commissioner of the league. He can't come out and kill the NFL officials. He can't come out and say, and he was asked a question about it. So he was answering a question because right before that, he even said about, well, I don't think it's as bad as you think it is and all that kind of stuff. I understand that he's answering a question. I understand that he's got to protect the officials. And I understand that he can't badmouth them. But can't you just even acknowledge the idea of, hey, we're working through some issues. Sometimes calls aren't right and sort of take the middle ground versus what he said here. I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. 
Is Stevie Wonder officiating games now? I don't think he's ever been better in the league. Okay. They have all the technology in the world available at their disposal, and they still don't get anything right. You see, look, I've said this for years and years and years and years. Replay, video replay doesn't make officiating better. It doesn't make it better. And unless you won eight-hour games of any sport where you review every single thing imaginable, it's never going to be good. No, more video and lasers and everything else for technology doesn't make officiating better. But you could be a little bit more humble versus what Roger Goodell said here. Timing is everything. When you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. Hmm. Okay. Now, it, it certainly doesn't help that you know, you kind of left bad taste in the mouth of people that were that are fans of your game in the playoffs and everything, right? So, again, I if if officiating is better now than it's ever been, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. Think about how bad it must have been twenty years ago, and I lived it. I mean, I I lived through it all and. Think about how bad the officiating must have been 20 years ago that this is the high watermark of NFL officiating. This is the this is the tippy top of the mountain for how good officiating ever can be. I don't think it's ever been better in the yeah. league. Well, guess what? When it's never been better in the league, there's only one direction you can go. Can't go up when it's never been better. You can maybe stay stagnant. You can maybe go sideways and things like that. But the reality is, is that it's only going to go one direction. <laughs> yep, and that's south of the border. I Look, again, he's got to protect the brand. He's got to protect the shield. But you don't have to get hyperbole. You don't have to cut a wrestling promo, right? You know, it's I don't the think it's, it's ever been better in the league. Yeah, it, it's the um, uh, what what is it? The the Lindsey Nielsen or what, what what's the guy's name? Um, from um, oh god, like my brain is just all fried here in, in mush now. Um, from Police Squad, uh, is it Lindsey Nielsen? I think that's his name. Yeah, the guy from Airplane. I mean, what am I looking at you for? Like honestly, I could talk. I was about to say. I mean, I don't know why in, you're looking to me. In, I don't in, know. In, in all honesty. I could be talking to the Hey Yo Ale cans right here in front of me, and I could get the same response out of all of it. Might get a better answer. Yeah. Lindsey Nielsen, it's the, you know, all the bombs are exploding behind him, and he's like, nothing to see here. Everything's okay. No problem here. Everything's all good and everything like that. So, yeah. NFL officiating. It can't. It, it can only get worse, right? From I don't think it's ever was. been better in the league. Yeah. Well, if that if that's if that's their best effort, then we've got you know some serious problems ahead of us over the next handful of years, decades, what have you out there, and that's what's bugging Chuck Reed. Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Nine twenty, we'll uh, get to it. That's live. Nine forty, we will replay our interview with Tony Khan, owner of AEW Wrestling, son of Shad Khan 
who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if you missed that interview earlier on in the show, we will replay it at 940 for you. So uh, fun stuff. Um, Tony said he will be back around when they go through another PR tour of stops and things like that. Tony said, I will make sure that you are on the list and part of it. So uh, we plan on getting a chance to talk with him again. We get back from the top of the hour, though. Why sacks matter. I got the facts. I got the stats. I got the numbers. I got you all covered. Chuck Rinnakia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.